Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits. We're a couple of misfits. What's the matter with misfits? That's where we fit in. We're not that being dilly. Don't go wrong with Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of MF Uncensored. Thank you guys for joining us today. As always, if you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also find us on our website, themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find links to all of our different content, all of our different shows, including MF Uncensored, The Multiverse Fancast, and Cinematic Adventures. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul. I'm doing the intro for you guys today, and uh, we have a great episode planned for you guys. So this episode we actually recorded like at the end of December, and we're finally getting to it. We're really excited about it, and uh, that's with actress, motivational speaker, and pretty much awesome female badass, Ashley Lawson. Ashley was fantastic uh, in interviewing us. You're going to hear not only me, but uh, Sean from Cinematic Adventures is going to be joining us for this one. So it was a lot of fun to do. I'm glad we're finally getting to it. We want to do more work with Ashley. We actually have something planned, hopefully in the near future, with her and her her podcast partner. You're going to hear his interview in a few, I think next week, actually. So before we do that, I just want to remind you guys a couple of things. Number one, like I said, you can check out our store at themisfitfaction.com. There you'll find our brand new merchandise store it just launched and uh it's got a lot of great stuff on it so make sure you guys check it out let us know what you think let us know what you want also too we want to do more and uh, have more products for you guys also this episode is brought to you by raise energy from rep sports guys if you have listened to any of our podcasts you know that we are big fans of raise energy and we've been using it here in the studio for months now so if you guys are looking for an afternoon pick me up or something to get you through that tough workout try raise energy from rep sports go to repsports.com and use the code misfit89 at checkout to get 20% off your off your uh, purchase. Now, also, if you guys are looking to start your very own podcast, maybe even listening to us, maybe you're getting that itch that you wanted to give it a try, see if you can do a good, uh, well with it. So if you guys are looking to start your own show, if you go to podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you'll get a free month of podcast hosting on us. A lot of people think you just need to record a show and put it on the internet and that's that. No, Podbean makes it easy to distribute it to all the different podcast distribution sites like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere else. So if you guys, again, use our code podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you'll get a free month on us. And if you are looking to start your own show, reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to help you out, get you started, and also see if you uh, are interested in joining the Misfit Faction. We're always looking for new shows, new uh, content. So please reach out and let us know. Or maybe you have your own business. You uh, have an online service, something that you provide to people. We have something called our Podbean Sponsorship Affiliation, where if you go to sponsorship.podbean.com slash misfitfaction, you get $100 worth of free advertising. Again, that's a thank you from us to our fans. And if you guys have your business, make sure you come and tell us about it. We always love to hear about different businesses and different things that people, are, especially our fans, are doing. So with that, we're going to take a quick little break. And then when we come back, we are going to be back with Ashley Lawson. But first... A quick break. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of MF Uncensored. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Podbean, anywhere 
you get your podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Paul, and with me in the studio today is Sean. Sean, how are you today? I'm doing great, Paul. How about you? Are you doing great? I'm doing good. It was my day off. It was your day off, so, you know, some of us work for a living, but okay. Good for you. Yeah. Ooh, easy, <laughs> easy. Coming out, coming in hot already. We do have a, a guest in the... Uh, in, on, in, I can't talk. We have a guest on the episode today, and you're going to come in all aggressive like that? Sorry. Yeah, you're, you know, it happens. All right. But uh, we are super excited. We have with us today Miss Ashley Lawson from, well, I'm going to let her go through her entire catalog with us. But uh, yeah, we're re- <laughs> Ashley Renee Lawson, just to give you guys the the full. We also, she's from, I got a couple of movies down on the, on the pipeline, including Watch Dogs, Black Friday, The Doldrums, Elixir of Life. So, and then she's got a couple of under her belt too, which we're going to talk about. But uh, Miss Ashley, how are you tonight? I am good. I am a little bit tired today. I am teaching school online and it's like the last week before the semester is over. So it's been a little bit crazy. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Now, where do you, where do you teach school again? I am in Dallas, Texas. Oh, so boy. it's a, it's actually an online school district that's around here in our area. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. So we were reading through your IMDB page and it did say that you, you had some other Things that you work on besides just acting, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I could talk all night about all the things that I do. So I am um, actually currently going through a spiritual life coaching course. I have a yoga teacher training that I'm starting in January. I have a couple of novels that I'm working on, a couple of scripts that I'm working on. And I say scripts because some of them are episodic things and other things are like full feature length link <laughs> feature length things. You're not the only one that can't talk today. Paul. <laughs> oh, talk, talking's overrated. It's fine. But- it's fine. <laughs> But yeah, so there's a lot going on, a lot of creative things going on. Do you sleep? Yes, I do. But I am blessed to be somebody that doesn't always require a lot of sleep. I will say that sometimes I just like go, 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 that the sleep doesn't really like how when you're doing things and you forget to eat, it's kind of like that with sleep for me. But then there are times that it does hit me all of a sudden. But I used to work. I used to um, work with Glenn Morshower. He used to be one of my acting coaches, and he was of the belief that you know, if you wake up and you're energized and you're excited about your day, that you don't really need a lot of sleep to function mm-hmm. on, and that it's overrated. So I started to develop that mentality at some point, and yeah, I wake up, and for the most part, I am excited about what I get to do in my day. Oh, we're having a little bit of connection issues, so we're going to make sure that Ashley can. Yep. Can you, can you hear him? All right. Perfect. We'll, we'll fix this in post, but anyway, <laughs> no. Uh, so we're going to kind of tackle a lot of the things that you just told us about because you, you got a lot going on. You know, obviously we did introduce you as an actress, somebody who's in uh, film and TV and some uh, stage productions. So we're definitely going to want to chat with you guys, with you a little bit about my wife who runs a book page on Instagram would kill me if I didn't ask about your novels. So can we actually start there? Because I, now I'm curious and intrigued. Of course. So it's kind of in a little bit of a stuck place. I've found that, you know, you can 
It's one of those things. I knew where I wanted it to start. I know where I want it to go for the most part. The avenues to get there have worked out, but I hit a page where I'm about two thirds of the way done. And I just need like that last little bit to get it from where it's at to where I want it to end. Um, so it's a little bit stuck, but it takes place from the perspective of a nine-year-old girl and her mother has recently passed away. So she and her father move from New York to a small town in Kentucky and they move into a townhouse and well, what's now a townhouse that hasn't always been a townhouse. They are doing renovations on it and it's kind of about the history of the house and the mystery that goes along with it. I was really always have been really inspired by Stephen King and it's not it's nothing in his wheelhouse because there's nothing horrific about it. It's more a thriller suspense type thing, but I've always been really intrigued with novels and things that were really thrilling and suspenseful and making me want to keep the pages turning. So I was really, I, I just kind of had a thought of, if you like to read this so much, why don't you just put something out there for people to be able to do that same thing? That's, so it's, it's funny because that's, that's kind of how our, our podcast started. We liked talking about movies and we like mm -hmm. talking about <clears throat> TV shows and superhero things. And, you know, we always said we should record this. And now here, here, we, are here we are giving our gift to the masses, as it were, all, all 12 people. Yeah. So <laughs> what 12 people. So can I ask what, what's the name of this novel? It's working title is okay. just the townhouse. I don't know if I'm going to keep it as that, but. Yeah. As someone who lives in a townhouse, I, I can appreciate it just a little extra. And I do enjoy a good mystery and a thriller. You know, mystery and thriller are must be a challenge because you have to keep the audience in a constant state of suspense. So yes. how does writing a novel differ, though, from writing screenplays or anything for the film industry? I've always kind of been a creative writer. I was one of those people that would get bored in class especially my math and science classes and just take out a piece of notebook paper and start writing stuff down but I found that um I have to kind of take a step back whenever I'm trying to write stuff for the screen because you don't need as much detail in there because the detail is visual and so I often find that as I'm going back and reading through some of the stuff for the screen is that I'm like, okay, we don't need all of this detail because, you know, unless I was writing it and directing it, mm. none of that really matters because how I envision something, if it ever got picked up or somebody else directed it or anything like that, what would actually happen is it would, it would end up being their vision anyway. Mm -hmm. So all of that detail isn't needed. Plus, I kind of felt like, you know, if it went through an audition process, that instead of having all of this rigmarole of how specifically I wanted characters to be, is to be a little bit more open minded about the characterization of some of them and say, okay, well, I think this character is this, but what if somebody really awesomely brings me something else that gives a good dynamic to the character that I hadn't thought of before? So. I love it. You're, that, able to, you're able to get away with less in screenplays since it's a lot more visual than it is something that you're reading and have to pick up on a lot of things. And also, it's like you mentioned, you know, when you do a screenplay, you're also building off of somebody else's direction eventually, right? So, like, right. You, you may have this great vision in your head, and then you sell a screenplay, and then suddenly 
the director or a, photog- a principal photography, like things change in the process. So if you had a director that you would love to direct one of your screenplays, who would be your number one director? Ooh. Tough one, I know. Um, well, you know, I I really, I'm assuming you guys are probably into this kind of thing based on what you just said, but did you guys ever get into Vikings? I've seen, so funny story about Vikings. <laughs> so I've been married now for one year. I'm, I'm happily married to, to the love of my life. Not you, Sean, sorry. sorry. But uh, I don't think my wife would appreciate it. She does say we're, we act like we're married. But so I made the silly mistake of watching a new show without my wife. Ooh. Yeah. So I learned that I can't do that anymore, which, you know, we, we, we watch a lot of the same shows, but I told her, I was like, yeah, I watched the first two episodes of Vikings. She's like, what? And I was like, on Amazon Prime. She's like, I know where it is, but you didn't tell me. So I have not watched, I've only watched two episodes of Vikings and now I've got to wait for my wife to want to watch it. Well, so you'll know who she is if you've watched the first two episodes anyway, but um, Catherine Winnick that plays Laritha, Ragnar's wife. Yes. She, in some of the last seasons of Vikings, made her directing debut and she's been doing a lot more of that. And I just really love her. I think she's a beautiful actress. She's a beautiful person and haven't found an episode of Vikings that I didn't like. So I think it would be fun to have her do it Um, because I think that would be nice also because she's done the aspect of acting as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So putting her on the other side of the camera, you know, I think somebody that's been in front of the camera moving behind the camera has a different perspective of how things should look and how they want them to look versus somebody that just does one or the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know Sean is a very big film and oh, movie and big movie fan, big movie <laughs> fan. So I'm sure you have at least one question about at least one, at least one. <clears throat> so I've always actually wanted to ask this question. Um, you've done both theater and both behind camera in film and TV. What, in your opinion, which one gives you more, what's the word I'm looking for? Satisfaction. Satisfaction. Performing in front of a live audience or performing in front of a camera? For me personally, it's camera. Okay. There, I love the theater and that's where I started. But there is, there's just things you can capture on camera that you can't do in a live audience. And, you know, in theater too, especially if you're working in a big theater, your actions have to be really elaborate because the person in the very back row has to be able to feel what you're feeling based on your actions. And film is not like that. You get to hold a lot more of the emotion in your face like Mm -hmm. you would in normal everyday conversation. And so I just really in front of the camera appreciate more of the real being able to be part of the world. Yeah. So tell us a little bit then about how you got into acting. Like it, you, you sound like you have a lot in your wheelhouse and a lot on your plate right now. And it, it feels like almost like, oh, and I act and I do this. And, and <laughs> which is, which is impressive. Like it really is, you know, to have somebody, you know, doing life coach stuff, which I'm definitely going to ask you about writing novels, writing screenplays, yoga too, I think was thrown in there at some point. Yes. Yes, it was. So how, at what point were you like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to try acting. Let's, let's give it a whirl. When I was very young, so when I was in elementary school, we I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and Peter Pan came to the Orpheum Theater. We have an Orpheum Theater in downtown Memphis. Mm-hmm. And I think I heard about it on the radio or something, and I had begged my dad to get us tickets. 
And he did. So it was my immediate family, him, my mom, myself, and my younger brother. And, you know, it was just really magical for me, both in the literal sense, because you're sitting there watching Peter Pan, but also because I think I was young enough for it to still be a magical experience from a child's perspective, but also old enough to understand the logic side of it as well, which was that these were real people in front of me getting to play in front of this and making me feel this joy and this magical experience and not being concerned about anything that's taking place outside of where I'm at right now and just really allowing me to be present. Mm -hmm. And I just like had this epiphany moment of this is what I want to do. I want to, I want people to want to come watch me to get away from whatever's going on outside. I want to make them, I want to make them feel this magic. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, obviously, you're very passionate, too, about your craft, and it sounds like you really enjoy the impact you have on other people. Am I am I right in that? Yes, I do. I, I, I have not always been a people person, mostly because I've always been very introverted, but I've learned, especially in this industry, you have to, you have to be somewhat extroverted and kind of get out of that shell a little bit because you need to build relationships and and you need to be willing to talk to people and all of those things. And I find that the more I do and the more I talk to people and the more I become a part of things, whether it's in the acting community or elsewhere, is that I just love people. So I feel like the more places that I can impact them in a positive way, I feel like I'm doing my job as a human to give back to just helping everybody find their joy and inner peace. Yeah, we, we've talked to a few actors. You know, we, we had Larry Hankin on the show. We've talked to a couple of other people that have been, you know, our, our friend Steve has been really great at, you know, introducing us to a, a very eclectic group of people. It's like we've had, we've had authors, we've had, you know, self-help people, we've had all sorts of things. So we find that actors kind of find themselves in one of a few different positions. Some do it for the money. Like they, and they'll be honest to it. They're like, I do it because it's my job. Some do it because they enjoy just immersing themselves, but it's really refreshing to hear somebody who's like, I like entertaining people. I like making people happy. So that, that's a really cool and, uh, and fun take. So tell us about your first audition process. Ooh. Okay. So my very first audition process goes way, way back. Mm -hmm. I did you guys ever see or have you ever heard of the movie Black Snake Moan? It had I think yeah, um with Christine. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It may not have been that one because I think the one that I auditioned for had Terrence Howard in it. But regardless, whatever movie it was, there was like one of those things that come on the radio, an advertisement came on the radio, and my dad overheard it in his truck when he was at work and he was like, Hey, they're doing auditions for this movie at um, the University of Memphis. And of course, it was just for extra work. And if you were lucky, they were looking for a few people to say one or two lines. So when we went in, you actually went through an audition process, not a very lengthy one, but it was rough because they're like everybody and their dog was there. We waited for hours and hours and hours. I think I was in high school and like it was way past my bedtime when we got home and it was nice to be put in the position. But as I've been acting professionally, I've realized that that's not really how an audition process works because 
now and now that I've got agents in five different markets and all of these people kind of helping me within my own team and my own network is you don't need to go and wait for hours and hours and hours in line just to maybe get one or two speaking lines like you can get all these people on your team and they can submit you for these things and then you get to just audition right from your own home Mm -hmm. you know as terrible as covid has been it's been nice for the acting community because pretty much the only thing we do these days is self tapes so now i can submit for things like for instance i have a I have an agent in Utah and she just sent out some audition requests for something that's filming in Russia. Like they're casting it here, but it's filming in Russia. And you know, that opportunity wouldn't have been there before. We can audition for things that are happening literally all over the world. And so, yeah, don't, if you are looking to be an actor, don't buy into that idea that you have to go sit in line and wait for hours and hours and hours. Cause you don't. You know, it's funny you say that because I was going to ask. I, I do know a young lady who I work with at my job. She's 17. She wants to be an actress. That's that's her goal. And she's getting ready for college. I, I'm, I'm stationed at a high school just to give you some context on that one. But she wants she wants to go to acting school for college. And, you know, a lot of people are saying, don't do it. Like, it's the silliest thing you could possibly you can do. So what advice do you have for, for young ladies, especially, you know, the, the film industry, unfortunately, is, a, is sometimes a very male dominated. It's only in more recent years that we're getting such strong female leads with like Black Widow or uh, Wonder Woman. So what advice would you have for a young lady who's wanting to get into the film? Industry? Well, there's a there's a couple of things I would say, mostly because as we talked about earlier, I am a little bit multifaceted in how I approach some of these things. So I mean, my initial reaction to it would be if she she wants to go to acting school, then just tune out the naysayers. Like if that's what you want to do, then, and you feel that's your life's purpose, then by all means go and do it. But I would also say that if, if I'm being realistic, it does not, when you're in front of a casting director, nobody's really looking at who has a degree in acting and who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Because what matters at the end of the day is whether or not you look like the character and whether or not I can make you believe that I am that character. And I mean, you don't, there's some people that it just comes naturally to. Some people do need to be trained in it. If you wanna know all of the different methods and things like that, you can. But I've found that even in my, I've worked with several working Los Angeles actors as acting coaches. And I've found that you can learn that stuff all day long, but as you go through this process, you are going to learn your own process as well. Like what works for me will not work for you. And I can tell you my process all day long, but you may start doing it and you're like, I I already know what this character is doing. Why do I need to do it five different ways to figure out what's going on? Um, Because I've honestly even considered just doing something else to give myself kind of some extra credit, Mm -hmm. if you will, with acting, but really it's about whether or not you're actually talented and who you know and who you can get to know. So if that's what you want to do, by all means, go do it. I would never discourage anybody from doing what they felt in their heart they needed to do. But I also think that a lot of people are fed the belief that if they want to be an actor, that's what they have to do. Mm. And, And you don't. You don't have to do that. I love it. So you've, you've been in a few different projects. You've been behind the, behind the scenes. You've been in front of the camera. You've been on stage. What was your best 
experience on a film? Your favorite experience? Like when people ask you, how is, you know, how's acting? And you're like, this is the story I want to tell people. <laughs> so I, you had mentioned Elixir of Life and you had mentioned you guys were looking at some of my reels before we got on here. And a lot of my footage is from that specific short film. And I have always, that was a lot of fun to do. I played two characters in it. I was the drunk narrator. It was filmed kind of like drunk history and it was very much inspired by drunk history, but I played the narrator and the female lead in it. And I believe the director was somewhat frustrated with some of the other actors because I we recorded my narrator stuff probably about a week or a week and a half before we filmed the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And it was done like that on purpose so that they could get the audio into an MP4, send it out to all of the actors, and everybody could practice their lip syncing to the way I had said their part. I guess some of the actors were not all that prepared. So when they wrapped me, the director specifically pulled me aside and he was like, thank you so much for showing up and knowing your lines and knowing what you were supposed to do. And I just remember thinking, well, that wasn't that literally my job. Like that's, <laughs> that's all I had to do. And, but you, you would honestly be amazed. I have been on set with people that, for instance, I was a PA on another project and the there was an actress playing one of the roles she shows up to set and now mind you this was for a like family sitcom that the director was looking to pitch to places like the disney channel and whatnot and this actress shows up knew none of her lines and so he asked me if i would work with her on the lines and I had the lines memorized before she did. And I'm sitting here thinking, because like I said, I was the production assistant specifically that day I was the scripty. Mm -hmm. So all that meant was that I had to take notes for continuity purposes and make sure everybody had their lines correct. And I was sitting there working with her on these lines and I was just like, why? Why this, this is all you, this is all you had to do. Why you don't you know job. your lines? Yeah, the, it was just the most unprofessional thing to me. Why in the world would you book a job and have this many lines and show up and literally not know a single one? That, that's the crazy, because you hear, you hear stories all the time of actors or actresses on set just being divas, just showing up and expecting everything to just fall at their feet. And it, it's funny, like, I always think people who have worked in the industry before they start doing acting always have the better stories. They always have the stories about, you know, what happens behind the scenes and kind of how interesting the acting world and the people in it can be. So it's fun to hear. Now I'm going to ask though, what was your most frustrating experience? Was I hope it wasn't that just now. No, no, no. That wasn't frustrating. And maybe it wasn't frustrating for me because as being somebody behind the scenes, I knew that I was going to be somebody that was dealing with the challenges. Whereas when you're acting, you are showing up and just doing that. You don't have to worry about anything other than showing up and doing your job. But let me think, probably one of the most frustrating things for me, and of course, this is just production wide, and there's literally nothing anybody can do about this, but it doesn't change the fact that it gets frustrating, is that nothing ever stays on time 
on set. And so you'll have a call time and you get there and you go through hair and makeup. And then it's like the whole industry is a hurry up and wait. And it's it gets very frustrating at times, especially when you've been on set for like three or four hours and you haven't been called to set yet. And your, your assigned production assistant doesn't really know what's going on. They don't know when anything's going to start. And then sometimes there's camera issues sometimes there's mic issues so it's like every little thing that happens it is one industry and especially being on set where everything literally works cohesively as a unit and if one thing goes wrong the whole thing falls apart and gets pushed back that's yeah that's that, that's frustrating because like I, i'm in a, a profession where when one thing goes wrong the entire day is just ruined what was the yes. longest? What's the longest you've ever been on a set? Maybe sixteen hours. Oh god, that sounds horrible. That that's rough. It's it it is, but I do not have a problem with being on set that long. Where it gets to be a struggle for me is if it's an overnight shoot, mm-hmm. because not only have you had to adjust your sleeping schedule the day before, but when you're filming that long and it's overnight in the first place, it pretty much messes up like the next four to five days. Oh yeah. As somebody who's worked <laughs> midnights and overnights and, and Sean wakes up at uh, three o'clock in the morning for his job. So yes. we, we can definitely appreciate some of the challenges with, with anything involving sleep, but we joked about sleep before, but sleep is actually one of my favorite things to do. So when, <laughs> when my sleep is ruined, I, I'm a cranky guy. But um, Sean, any anything for uh, film no. production? Anything? No? no, I'm good. Sean Sean's just marinating, and he's gonna drop I'm some good. sort of like he did this with our interview with uh, Larry Hankin, where at the end of the interview he drops like this mind blowing question, and Larry was like stumped. <laughs> but so so just wait. But so I wanted to I wanted to ask you. Obviously, we've talked a little bit about your acting and your writing. You mentioned some life coach training. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, what do you want to know? So I can tell you whatever you want to know about it. <laughs> See, she's already a good life coach. She's already like getting me to to, to share and express. But uh, you said you were taking a course, correct? Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about the course? Yeah. So I am going through the Dharma Coaching Institute. It's led by Sahara Rose, and she's got a couple of other members that have started it with her. But it's I when I was with Glenn Morshower doing his acting class, he's really big into metaphysics and manifestation and kind of creating your own destiny mm. kind of thing. And to be perfectly honest, at first I was like, this is all a bunch of nonsense. And it's one of those things like where because it's different, you kind of reject it at first. Mm. But the more you're around and the more you're hearing it, you're like, well, might as well give it a shot. I mean, the only thing that's going to happen is everything stays the same. And the best scenario is that things start to change. So I started playing with mindset adjustment, reading some books and really got into it myself and then in september of 20 yeah yeah 2019 i actually went to france on a women's retreat that was all about breath work manifestation kind of like that inner peace and 
I really just fell in love with it, kept up with the practice. And now I'm always enrolled in some kind of course like that because I just always want to be learning. But I've also found that with the acting, kind of being able to have that inner peace and being able to come back to your center and what grounds you is so, so, so important, especially because you're having to play, you're having to play people that you're not. And sometimes that can be really challenging mentally, both both for how you're having to do it, but also some of the states of mind that you have to stay in um, for long periods of time. So it was just really important to me. And again, kind of like what I was saying about acting is it has ended up becoming something that I'm truly thankful for and appreciate because I have learned that grounding and coming back to my inner peace and really just kind of found a place of balance within my own life. And I was just like, I I want to do this because I want to share this with people. And I want people to feel the way that I feel every day. Just like, I feel as though so many people are waking up and going to sleep with just this big ball of anxiety about all of the things they need to do, all of the things they want to do. How do I balance all of this? And And it doesn't have to be that way. If you can, if you really, buckle down and learn who your true authentic self is and determining what you're doing for yourself and what you're doing to please other people and either stop people pleasing or finding a balance between the two and definitely establishing boundaries. So I, again, just like with acting, I was like, I want to help people feel the way that this has made me feel. So do you actually, do you work with clients? Do you have like people that you work with as a coach or is that something that's in the pipeline for you? Yes. So I cannot actually work with clients yet, at least not ones that pay me. I do for my life coaching course, I have to have, I think it's 20 hours of like practice coaching. And then we have our practice coaching pods where we meet in a small group of about 30 with some of the life coaches themselves. And they kind of go over the week's lessons. And then we practice with each other for about 25 to 30 minutes, depending on how long it takes us to get through the the lesson for that week. And so all of our paperwork that we signed also, we agreed to not start trying to charge people or anything like that until we actually graduated from the course because it is an accredited course as well. So it's it's kind of to cover them, it's to cover us. And I personally wouldn't want to do that anyway because I don't I don't want to try to walk before I can crawl kind of thing. I want to make sure that I've that I've got all of the tools in my toolbox that I could possibly need before I was to say, "Hey, I can help you." Yeah. Well, it makes sense, you know, obviously. And I, I think if anything, we respect somebody who, who can admit like, Hey, I want to, I want to be the best that I can be before I do anything. So very respectable. We're running a little low on time here. So I got to ask them the last and most important question. What is next for Ashley Lawson? What is the, what is the biggest goal? What, is, what do you really want to get done in the next couple of months or the next year? Like what's next? What am I gonna? What are we gonna have to interview you about next? Well, so I just actually wrapped two short films. One for sure has been written for a full-length feature film. In which case, for the sake of the short film, I had the female lead. But for the case of the 
feature film, I would end up just kind of becoming a supporting character. And then I had a supporting role in another one as well. And both of those films are going to be here in a local film competition called Rack Focus. And I have another project that is currently out being pitched to networks and streaming services. And we are hoping to hear something positive about that by sometime the first quarter of next year. And my big ultimate goal at some point, whether it was this year or five years from now, is to do something in British television or not even necessarily to go be on something like BBC or something like that. But, you know, even if it, I know Netflix has been producing a lot of things as well that films overseas and so to even do something like that, I don't I don't want to say this because I don't want you to get in trouble. But if you guys ever want to get into the last kingdom, that's the place to be. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, for those of you guys who are listening, make sure you check out Ashley. We we posted today that we were going to be talking to her on our Instagram, which is the Misfit Faction. Also, I, I'm going to warn you, my wife is going to reach out to you at some point after she listens to this episode because she is such a big fan like when, when you started saying things like manifestation and and creating healthy boundaries my my spider sense started going off i was like oh no my wife's gonna want to talk to ashley she's <laughs> she's gonna want to be best friends with her so because you know well she's welcome to do that you have my email address yes, so you're welcome absolutely. to give it to her <laughs> and she, you know what she does a lot of things with uh, with books and writing and and life coaching so she may even want to talk to you herself so we want to just thank you so much for being on this was this was fantastic it, thank it you. was it was so different and so unique and just really, I guess, empowering is, is kind of the word. Like, it, you just give off a lot of really good energy. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. It's It's been some work that I've been doing. So to hear that positive feedback makes me feel like I'm accomplishing things myself. No, that's that's great. You know, like, I did martial arts for over 25 years. So, like, I meditation and, and being present and that sort of stuff always really resonates with me. And then just, like... You just bring a lot of really just positive vibes to it to a conversation. You know, even though we're doing this over Zoom and there's microphones and there's connection issues and you know, you're in a different time zone, just it you can feel it and I and I really think our, our listeners are gonna dig just you know yeah. just here. Thank you so much. So we're gonna wrap that up. So that's Ashley Lawson. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Yes, Have a happy holidays. You. Happy holidays. Man, Sean, that that was that was quite an adventure. We're still recording, just so you know. Oh, well, you should have said something. We you always, just did. We always re- we always finish, but uh, she she was she was so sweet. That's very much. Like very much. As I, you said, just absolute positive energy throughout the whole interview. I mean, it was it was fantastic. Like I, I found myself just kind of like, you know, for we we've talked to a few actors and a few like people that I do podcasting, I do this. To have somebody that does so much mm-hmm. like Yes, like we, I mean, we she did. she is not solely reliant on acting. Mm-hmm. She's got a bunch of other things she's doing that makes her happy. From from everything I saw, so that that to me is outstanding as well. Because you hear about people who just their whole life is acting, that you know they can't do anything else. Well, not for her. She's got all these other things going on that you know she's fine. Yeah, and you know, like, you, you look at, like, an actor like a Daniel Day-Lewis who's like, I'm a thespian, I do my role, and I immerse myself, then you never hear anything else about him. Well, no, because, yeah, he does a movie and doesn't do another one for years later. Well, I think he's, he's fully well, retired. Well, he's officially retired yeah. now, sadly. But, you know, a lot of actors sometimes, <clears throat> that like, that's what they do, and they, mm-hmm. you know, but 
to talk to somebody like Ashley, like like I said, we've we've talked to a few other actors, and they they you know they tell their stories and they tell, but they treat it like a job. For her, it's it's very you can feel the passion that's just kind of Absolutely. resonating. Absolutely. So we're definitely gonna want to get in touch with her again. And I, yes, we definitely. all know producer Melanie's gonna be all about. Producer it. Melanie's got a lot of things she's gotta do. And putting up with me is number one. Well, I mean, you know, she's she's signed on for that. She's, she can't. There's no return. There's, there's no return. No return, no return on that. There's no return. But you know, like we, we warned her. She didn't listen. <laughs> that is what it is. You know, it's funny though. Like we've never spoken to somebody that's actually worked behind the scenes. True. So we like when we talked to to Larry Hankin, he he told us you know about you know, some of the behind the scenes stuff with uh, oh, the yeah, dog John, the gut. With, with Annie on the set of Annie with set John of Annie. Houston. Uh, oh. But she was the PA, you know, so she really dealt with you know line reading and all that stuff. And for those of you guys who don't know, a PA is also a fancy word for uh, indentured servants in in the film industry. Basically, they're the gophers. They they do every single job you could yes. possibly imagine behind the scenes. So we've never actually like that. That's a really cool aspect to bring because it's unfortunately like a lot of people don't realize how much work goes into your average movie. And then most of the time, the movie stars are the ones people talk about. But when remember when pirating movies was like the biggest crime? Oh God. And we still love going to the movies and we love supporting. Like I've I've never pirated a movie. <clears throat> no. I mean I've never personally pirated a movie. <gasps> Sean. But I've you know, when you're in the streets of New York and they'd have like <laughs> all the, the bootlegs all the and bootleg all bootleg DVDs and oh, you know, God. clearly it was filmed in a theater. With a handheld video God, camera. That's how desperate we were to see a movie. I remember we watched Star Wars The Phantom Menace at Beach House one year and I was like, This is horrific. <laughs> I remember I had Harry Potter, Prisoner of Azkaban taped from a theater. It was horrible. Oh, yeah. Horrible. But we are very big supporters, not only in the film industry, but also the people that work in the well, film industry. And, and that's what you know bothers me when you, when you go on like social media and you hear people complaining about Hollywood and all that stuff. And I said, you know, it's not just the actors. Mm-hmm. You, know, you, you have to realize that movies make money and it supports, yes, it supports the actors, it supports the director, it supports the studio. But it supports all these other people who are involved, makeup, music. Production assistant, you know, costumes, mm-hmm. you know, it is not just the actors and and the studio that make the money. Yes, they make the most money. Absolutely. So when a movie doesn't do well, yes, it will hurt them, not as much as it'll hurt, you know, the people below them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, that's why I'll never stop going to a movie. Yes, it's been difficult. You know, yeah, recently. with COVID and everything. Well, with COVID, but even with my job, it's hard to go to a movie. You know, my, I just... I. I get tired very easily. So, mm. you know, sit in a movie theater for two and a half hours, like West Side Story. I've been looking forward to this movie for over a year. It came out last week. I still haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. So, you but you're going to see Spider Man before I'm me. probably going to see Spider Man before seeing that, which angers me, but it is what it is. The highest rated Spider Man? Yeah, that doesn't say anything for me. They've made what? 10 Spider-Man movies? Well, you know what's even funnier? This episode is, you know, going to air later on, so people are going to be like, what, what are they talking about? Spider-Man came out like a month ago. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. But this was a blast. It was this a was. lot of fun. Again, a very unique perspective, one that we really enjoyed. Yes. So, Thank you again to Ashley for yeah, joining us. Yeah, so we're going to put links to all of our stuff on our website and also on our f- social media, so make sure if you guys, you know, enjoyed the uh, the interview, let us know, and we will have her back on. She's, you know... I have her email, and I'm sure producer Melanie's going to be like, so uh, she said she likes books? You know, Bibliophiles Assemble? But, so that's going to wrap us up for today. Don't forget, guys, you can find us on On The Go with 
Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, our website, themisfitfaction.com. That has links to all of our content. We also have uh, an Instagram, which I did mention during the interview. Uh, that is, blip, blip. I'm running out of words at this point. Hey, man. It's only 40 minutes. You I know, just right? running out of words now? Uh, well, you get up at 3. I get up at 4, so... Hey, I beat you at something. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can see Spider-Man <clears throat> before me. You can also find us on Instagram, The Misfit Faction. You can find us on Twitter, Misfit Faction. And you can find us on YouTube at uh, The Misfit Faction Media Network. There's a lot of places you can find us. You can find us pretty much anywhere. We're also, we have a lot of projects that we're working on too. We're working on a store so you can buy merchandise because we have like, we each have a Misfit Faction t-shirt, but nobody else in the world has Misfit Faction t-shirts. We're also working on a ton of other interviews. Uh, the month of January is going to be our, our self-help kind of month where we're doing a lot of different uh, fitness interviews. So a lot of things on the pipeline, Sean. A lot of A lot things. of things. So that's going to wrap us up for tonight. As always, I'm Paul. And I'm Sean. That was, that was are you all right? Sorry what? about that. He's on his phone, guys. It's savage. And that's going to wrap us up. Have a good night. Night. Unless it's day. I don't know. I'm still recording. All right, bye.